This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 2020. Oh my goodness, I wish you were all sitting here with me right now. I am in my bathing suit (laughs) and drinking uh, Corona with a bowl of tortilla chips and guacamole. Please don't hate me. Oh, we are in San Jose del Cabo right now taking a little vacation, which was very needed. Was anyone else feeling a little tired by the end of 2019? Like a little holidayed out and like they, you know, really put their all into 2019. I was right there with you. So it's amazing to have this opportunity to reset and to just spend some quality time with the kids and with Scott. And as I sat down, I was thinking about our day today, we were at this insanely beautiful beach and running around in our bathing suits and having tacos. And now I'm sitting here still in my bathing suit, probably should have changed, but whatever, going with it. And I'm having, you know, this little treat. And I was like, 10 years ago, this trip would have been so stressful and I never ever would be, you know, having a beer and eating chips and like not even thinking about it, especially because it's the early new year. And so for me, this time was always so triggering with thoughts about starting a new diet and punishing myself essentially for everything I'd indulged in over the holidays and also just battling with an over-anxious mind from being around so much food and so many people as often happens during the holidays. And so I'm really, really excited to be doing this episode from the place that I'm in today. And I'm not just meaning like the physical space that I'm in, but from where I'm at emotionally and mentally, because I know that there are so many people who are starting 2020, this fresh, beautiful new decade with a lot of self-criticism, with a lot of feelings of you know, I've got to start this next diet and this year is going to be different for me and I'm going to lose that weight and I'm finally going to love myself. But they're going at it in all the wrong ways. And I know as much as I don't want it for you that you're going to end up at the end of 2020 in exactly the same place that you're in right now. So I wanted to kickstart this year off with this conversation piece that is the most important to me. It is something that is so close to my heart. It is my favorite thing to coach on, and I haven't really talked about it a lot on the podcast. So we're going to dive into it. I want to leave you today with some really clear steps and some really clear tools so that you don't end up just cycling through a number of diets again in 2020 and ending the year feeling like crap again. Because the more time and energy that we are focused on how our body looks and obsessing over what food we're eating and not eating, 
the less time we have to spend on the things that truly make us great, the less time we have to spend on showing up as our best self, which I believe is one of our greatest purposes in life. It's to start to identify the things that make us unique and strong and powerful and beautiful and to light that shit on fire. Excuse my French, but I'm going there. I I'm going to share today five steps to help you overcome the battle with food and your body for once and for all. So if this stuff, if the self-criticism, if the food, if the obsession over it, if binging, if restricting, if dieting is taking up a lot of important real estate in your mind, you are in the right place. In this episode, I'm going to teach you how to put an end to the battle with food and your body, even if you've tried 100 times, 100 different ways, and you always end back at the same place. We're going to talk about how to free your mind from constant thoughts about food and your body so that you can focus on more important things. I want to talk about how to eat intuitively so that managing your weight feels effortless. And I know for some people hearing that intuitive eating, (laughs) you're already like, oh no, I cannot do that. I cannot be an intuitive eater. That's not even a thing. Those people who talk about intuitive eating are lying. Well, we're not lying. We're not lying. I'm here to tell you that it's totally a thing and that I've worked with many, many clients who believe that they could never do it either and who are intuitively eating now. We're going to talk about how to feel calm and free and confident in your body right now, not five years from now, not 20 pounds, 100 pounds, 200 pounds from now, right now. And we're going to talk about how to soften self-criticism so that you can really start enjoying your life without that inner bully constantly bringing you down. I want you to be able to do and get all of this without having to spend years of trial and error like I did. And I want you to be able to do it without just having to stand in front of a mirror repeating, I love you, I love you, I love you for the rest of eternity. (laughs) I love affirmations, but oh my gosh, we need some things and some tools that are going to take us a little bit deeper than the affirmations. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you are speaking my language, Erin, but I just don't know. I just... That all those doubts are coming into your mind right now, hang with me till the end of this episode. Grab a piece of paper, open up your computer. I want you to take notes. So many of our episodes are conversational and you can just listen and enjoy. But this is the one that I want you to write stuff down. When we write things down, it helps us absorb it a little bit better. And then as we absorb it, we're going to start to live it. I'm going to share today a step-by-step strategy to really, truly help you end the battle with food and your body so that you feel free and that you can create a life that feels really good to you. But here's the thing. There are no quick fixes. I cannot promise you that by the end of this episode, you are going to have the most incredible relationship with food and your body for the rest of your life. That would be a lie. And a lot of people these days, especially at this time of year, are going to tell you that they have a solution that will solve all of your problems in the next three weeks or that will take away all that weight around your tummy that you want to lose in the next 12 days. There are a lot of empty promises out there. So keep your eyes open for them. 
Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. The stuff that I'm going to talk about today requires you to do some inner work. It requires you to create some change in your life, but you can do this work. Anybody listening can do this work. Now, if you have an acute eating disorder, if you've been diagnosed with an eating disorder, or you know that you have one, this information is not applicable to you. While some of it might help and might work, I'm a health coach. It is not within my scope of practice to support and coach people who have an eating disorder. This is an illness that requires medical and professional help. So you are welcome to listen along. I hope you can take some points from this, but it is really important that you seek professional advice as well. All right, let's get rolling. I want to make it really clear as to who this episode is speaking to so that if it's not for you, you can click off and go enjoy one of our other episodes. The final one of 2019 was epic. It's a mashup of the most inspiring moments. So go check that out. I mean, all of our episodes are awesome. So you can click out of this if none of these things relate to you. All right. I'm going to give you a list. Just make a mental note. Mm, Yep. That sounds like me or no, definitely not me at all. All right. Do you constantly find yourself stuck in a cycle of restrictive eating or overeating, promising yourself that you'll start fresh tomorrow? So maybe it's the weekend, you've just eaten a bunch of food that makes you feel like crap, and you tell yourself, that's it. As of tomorrow, I am never having another 
chip again. I am never drinking again. I am only eating salads and salmon from now on. (laughs) If that's you, stick around. Do you ever eat secretly or feel embarrassed about your eating habits? Do you look in the mirror and feel unhappy with the reflection staring back at you? Do you spend more time thinking about your body and food than you'd like to? Do you wish you could enjoy foods on your bad list without feeling so guilty? So do you even have a good or a bad list? If you have a good and a bad list, stick around. Let's talk about that. Do you feel like you're always on a roller coaster of dieting? Is there a voice of self-criticism in the back of your mind that is constantly bringing you down or making you second guess yourself? And last but not least, probably the most important one, do you feel like you are missing out on life because you're trapped in thoughts about food and your body? Do you feel at any capacity that you are missing out on life because you're trapped in thoughts about food and your body? If you answered yes to any of these things, stick around. We're going to dive into five shifts that are going to help you overcome the battle with food and your body so that you can truly make 2020 a year where you start to step into self-love and finally feel good in the woman that you are. All right, step number one, stop listening to the experts and start listening to your body. Stop listening to the experts and start listening to your body. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably somebody who spent a significant amount of time listening to the advice of other people, trying to figure out what works best for your body. Think about it. How many times have you looked to a personal trainer, a weight loss expert, a podcast, a magazine article, a blogger? You've probably spent money on this. But until you start to tune in and listen to your own body, you're going to waste time and money and potentially even risk your health because you're not going to be able to tell what's working for you and what's not working for you. Listen, there are 7 billion people on this planet, 7 billion different types of bodies. Do you think one plan, whether that's keto or macros or Atkins or weightlifting or long distance running, do you think there's one plan that is going to be right for every single body? Of course not. There's absolutely no way. In fact, there are 7 billion plans one for each person out there that is going to work for each individual body. Until you are connected with your body, until you are able to tune into what it is telling you, you are never going to know if what you are doing is working, whether it's helpful or whether it is harmful. So how do we connect to our body? What does that even mean? How do we start to listen to our body? Well, we've spent a significant amount of time disconnecting from it. For many of us, it was in our early teens, at least that was the case for me, that we've stopped listening to our body because we wanted it to be able to do certain things that allow us to fit into the society, whether that's to be able to show up as a certain size because we were told that that was beautiful or whether we had to stop listening to our energy levels and our fatigue in order to make it to school on time. There are so many reasons why we've disconnected from our body. And so the very first thing that we have to do in order to repair the relationship with our body is to learn how to listen to it and to honor what it is asking for. 
I want to give you a couple examples of this. So take a second to think about whether or not you feel connected to your hunger and fullness signals. Can you tell when your body is telling you that you are hungry and full? For many of you, you're shaking your heads right now thinking, no, like I have no idea when I'm hungry or when I'm full and I don't trust myself to know. So I'm constantly, even if I feel hunger, telling myself, no, you cannot eat for the next little bit. We're doing intermittent fasting right now. And I have no idea when I'm full either. So one of the first things that you can do is to really start tuning into those hunger and fullness signals again. I want you to just take a second to identify what hunger even feels like for you. What does hunger even feel like for you? Maybe you get lightheaded. Maybe your stomach starts to growl. Maybe you produce more saliva. Maybe you're not thinking as clearly. There's a number of different things that are physical signs that we are hungry. Everything else is something emotional that is triggering us to eat. So I want you to start to tune into and listen to your body's hunger and fullness signals. Notice when your body is telling you that it's hungry and notice when your body is telling you that it's full. Another example of this would be listening to when we are feeling energized and awake and lively versus when we are feeling more withdrawn or tired. So many of us have gotten into this cycle of waking up and we feel a little fatigued. So we, you know, slam a couple coffees back (laughs) to wake ourselves up and head off to the office. And then when our energy levels dip in the afternoon, rather than taking a break to walk around, you know, the block and get some fresh air or perhaps to do a little meditation, we drink more coffee to wake our body back up again. And then we wonder why in the evening we crash or two days down the road we're feeling exhausted because we never really fueled our body in the way that it was asking for. Rather than acknowledging and honoring the fact that we're feeling a little bit tired, we jolt ourselves awake with caffeine. The more that we disconnect from our body and stop listening to what it's asking for, the louder it has to get in order to speak to us. And sometimes it speaks to us in symptoms that we are not really looking for, whether that's blemishes on our skin or frequently getting colds. Perhaps we start carrying extra weight or we look really tired. So when we are not listening to our body and disconnected from our body, it starts to speak to us and it speaks louder and louder until we pay attention. I think one of the loudest ways that our body can speak to us is through anxiety. And so many people that I work with are struggling with anxiety these days. It's in many ways, our body telling us that the way that we're currently living isn't really working for us anymore. And it doesn't mean that we have to completely overhaul our entire life, but we do have to start making some small changes in order to listen to what our body truly needs so that that anxiety can start to settle. Your body is on your team. It wants what's best for you. It's trying to help you survive. Its only intent is to help you thrive. And when we start to listen to it, when we start to work with it versus against it, that's when we really start to thrive.
So in step one, what I want you to do is to really just start noticing what your body is asking for. How is it speaking to you? What is it asking for? And are you listening? And whenever you notice that you're not listening, can you start to, in small ways, listen to your body a little bit more? If you notice that you're hungry and it's really physical hunger versus emotion, feed your body something. Notice if it's craving greens or if it's craving a beautiful crisp apple or if you're really thirsty and you want water. Maybe every once in a while you are craving a coffee and you want that energy boost. But really, just ask your body, what do you need right now? Start there. Okay, step number two. Step number two is to master your mind. It's estimated that we have between 25,000 to 50,000 thoughts every day. We are thinking a lot, ladies. I want you to think about whether your thoughts are building you up or bringing you down. Are they empowering you or are they limiting beliefs? I love this quote from Sean Aker. We've been taught that if we work hard, we will be successful and then we'll be happy. If we can just find that great job, get a raise, lose those five pounds, happiness will follow. But recent discoveries in the field of positive psychology have shown that this formula is actually backwards. Happiness fuels success, not the other way around. Happiness fuels success, not the other way around. And I have seen this countless times. When we are trying to change our body from a place of self-hate and self-loathing and not enough, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so for anybody listening right now, going into the new year thinking, I have got to start a new diet. I am over this. I hate the way that I look. It is going to be really hard to create the change that you want. Instead, we really have to work on creating quality thoughts. Quality thoughts that are supporting and empowering ourselves. Now, you might feel at some level that you need to be hard on yourself, that you need to punish yourself in order to get yourself under control. But what you actually need to do is start to have some self-compassion. You actually have to have some kindness towards yourself. You actually have to love yourself enough to make choices that will allow you to show up as your best self. You actually have to honor your body and this incredible mechanism that it is in order for it to be able to thrive. And when you live and make choices from that place, that is when things really start working for you. The quality of our thoughts dictates our perception of the world and it dictates our perception of ourselves. You are who you think you are. So it is vital that the narrative is a healthy one. And so many women these days are struggling with this one, struggling with feelings of not being enough, not being good enough, feeling like they are too fat. Nobody will ever love them. They will never find that relationship. They aren't smart enough. The list goes on and on and on. The more I do the work, the more I feel like this one piece right here is the the thing the single most thing that women are struggling with the thing that if we can change this that everything else would become unlocked 
we have to dig down to understand where those beliefs are coming from. And we have to understand whose voice it is. Is it a parent's voice? Is it society's voice? The thing about beliefs is that they're not always true. You just believe that they're true, but they're not always true. The problem is once they've been planted within us, we start to look out into the world to prove ourselves right. So say that you have this belief that you are too large or your body's not right. And as a result, no guy's ever going to like you. That's the belief that you have. It's probably being affirmed through various, you know, events or environments that you grew up in or circumstances that you've been involved in. As you go out and live your life, different events will unfold. And as these events unfold, often (laughs) they are reaffirming that belief. So say you're dating somebody and they break up with you. Well, of course, in your mind, it's because you are overweight or you don't have the perfect body. And that is why that person can no longer love you. It's not necessarily the truth, but it's your belief. When we are able to change our beliefs, it is like changing the lenses on a pair of glasses. The great news is that our minds are like plastic. There have been hundreds of studies at this point that show our beliefs can be changed. The thought patterns in our mind can be reshaped and molded. Our brains are like plastic. Studies show that neuropathways of our brain can change if we understand how to rewire them. So this type of thing takes time and and it takes practice. It's This is why I said this kind of thing doesn't happen overnight. But when we start to dig down and understand the beliefs that we have about ourselves, bringing awareness to them, and then we understand where it is that they came from, we can decide whether or not We want to carry them forward or whether we want to replace them with a new empowering belief. So I want you to take a second to think of a limiting belief that you have about yourself, whether it's about your body or your weight or your intelligence, or for some people, it's a social thing. Think of a limiting belief that pops up that you have about yourself. And we're going to go through this exercise super quickly, but I want you to just take a second to think about When that belief was planted for you, where did that belief get planted? Did somebody say something to you at some stage of your life? Was there an event that made you believe that this was true about yourself? Did somebody that you care about tell you that you were that? I want you to decide whether moving forward into this next decade that that is something that you are going to choose to carry with you. And if it is not, what is a new empowering belief that you could replace it with? Oftentimes, this will almost be the opposite of what that limiting belief was. So choose a new empowering belief. If we're staying on the same topic of not loving your body. So maybe your belief is, I am fat and nobody will ever love me. Your new empowering belief is, or could be something along the lines of my body is strong and capable and so lovable. Then I want you to think of a couple of supporting arguments for this new empowering belief. What are a couple of things that could help support almost like legs on a table, this new belief that you want to reinforce for yourself? 
So the first step is to become aware of your thoughts and whether or not they are limiting or empowering. The second step is to really dig into the limiting beliefs to determine where it is that they came from and what events or circumstances have supported them along the way. Then I want you to determine whether or not you want to continue carrying this belief around because it is a choice to carry it around. And if you no longer want to, what is an empowering belief that you can replace it with? And finally, I want you to look for some supporting evidence that this new empowering belief is true. I want you to actually go out and search. Maybe somebody's told you something about yourself, or maybe you've proven to yourself in some capacity that this could be true. Or maybe if you follow different social media accounts, the different social media accounts that you're following would reaffirm this more empowering belief to you. So that's step two, mastering your mind. Step three is understanding what really nourishes you. And here's the thing. It's not food. It's not food. Emotional eating has nothing to do with food. So many people try to cure emotional eating by controlling the food through diets or cleanses or removing everything from their fridge and throwing it out in the garbage. But this doesn't work because it's not about the food. Those things are just band-aids, but they aren't addressing the greater wound. Until we discover what we're truly hungry for, what we're craving, what thoughts or beliefs need digesting, we're never going to stop looking for the answers in the fridge or the cupboards or that bag of chips. (laughs) But we're never gonna find the answers there because it's not about the food. So I want you to go back to step one in which we practice listening to our body. And the next time you're going to grab some food, I want you to ask yourself, am I hungry? Am I hungry? And I want you to notice whether or not you're feeling physical hunger, in which case carry on and eat something. And if you're not feeling physical hunger, I want you to ask yourself, what am I hungry for that can't be satisfied in the fridge? What am I hungry for that can't be satisfied in the fridge? Perhaps you are feeling lonely and you actually need some connection. Maybe you're feeling super stressed out and you're trying to calm yourself down by eating food. Maybe you're feeling totally overwhelmed by a number of things that are going around in your mind and you're about to eat mindlessly as you process and try to digest the thoughts in your mind. Maybe you have to have a hard conversation or there's a test coming up or you're bored or maybe you were just watching TV and a Big Mac came on in an advertisement and now you're finding yourself in your fridge because you were triggered by an image, but you're not actually physically hungry. So step three, understanding what really nourishes you is really important, but it can take a little bit of work to start to practice and almost act like a detective to determine what are the things that trigger you to eat that aren't actually physical hunger signals. Okay. Step number four. Great job, everyone. You're hanging in there. We'll just go back. I'll just want to remind you of steps one, two, and three. So step number one is to stop listening to the experts and to start listening to your body. Step number two is to master your mind. Step number three is understanding what really nourishes you. And step four is to stop self-sabotage. 
Now, for anybody who's listening to this right now who's struggling with emotional eating, when we think about sabotaging ourselves in regard to emotional eating, it feels really hard to understand why we would ever want to stop ourselves from eating more healthy or from making choices that are more aligned with the person that we want to become. When we think about never emotionally eating again, or when we think about sticking to an exercise routine, it seems like there could be no harm in doing that. It seems like if we could accomplish that, that everything would come together. Well, the reality is, is that at a subconscious level, part of you is afraid of what will come if you do actually succeed at letting go of emotional eating and at getting comfortable in who you are. I'm going to read you this quote from Marianne Williamson. You've probably heard it before, but it is worth repeating over and over and over again. She says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. You are only one action away from everything that you've ever wanted. Your life and where you're at right now is a series of small choices that you've made over time. Small little choices that you're making day in and day out, moment to moment, that have led you to where you are now. Of course, we live in a world where we're surrounded by others, so sometimes the actions of others impact our own lives, but still, we have a lot of control over the life that we lead. So why on earth would we sabotage our own success? Why on earth would we sabotage ourselves by eating foods that don't serve us or not taking care of ourselves in a way that we should, or or even allowing negative self-critical thoughts to pass through our mind? Well, One of the things that we crave most as human beings after physical safety and things like food and shelter is a sense of belonging. We are hardwired to want to be accepted and to belong to those who are closest to us and within the society and community that we live. It is incredibly important to us that we are accepted at some level. So If we decide to change our actions and as a result put ourselves at risk of not being accepted by those closest to us anymore, sometimes we will sabotage our own success at a certain level in order to be accepted by the people who are closest to us. But I want you to think about whether or not you have any habits around food that involve those who are closest to you. So maybe it's something like you go to a family dinner and everybody eats two portions and you all sit around the table and it's a time of connection. Or maybe you and your partner have a show that you watch every Thursday night and you go to McDonald's and you get McFlurries before it starts and you watch that show together. Or maybe you and your girlfriends go out on Friday nights and you have some wine and, you know, you hang out and have appies and chat and catch up. And it feels like if you decided for yourself, for your health, that you no longer wanted to eat those foods or partake in that activity, that you might risk losing that relationship 
with the person that you're doing the activity with. So your girlfriends might look at you like, come on, just to have a glass of wine and eat the appies. Don't be such a loser. Or you might lose that special connection that you had with a partner that you were getting your McFlurry with and, and watching a movie with. Sometimes we will sabotage our own success and happiness to ensure that there is still a sense of belonging with the people that we care about the most. There are three common forms of self-sabotage that I see all the time. So the first one we just talked about is desiring of acceptance. The second is this idea of I've been good, so I deserve a little extra. Put up your hand if you've ever been there where you're like, I was good all week and I ate you know, beautiful, healthy food, so I'm just going to go for it. Another thing I see in this area that's really common with people who have been dieting or who have an unhealthy relationship with food is that they'll have a cheat day. So they're good all week and then they have one day where they just really let it go. And the third is something is always more important. So it's like I would exercise, but I've got the kids or work is too busy right now. Or I would eat more healthy, but X, Y, and Z gets in the way. So if any of those things resonate with you, you're not alone. A lot of people self-sabotage using those three excuses. And really what we just need to start doing is becoming aware of when we are self-sabotaging. So if you are experiencing negative self-talk, if you're finding that you're comparing yourself frequently to others or your emotional eating, these are all ways that we keep ourselves playing small. In doing this, we never allow ourselves to truly live. We never allow ourselves to shine. So the first thing that I want you to do is to really recognize where it is that you want to go and why you want to go there. There is nothing different between you and I. There is nothing different between the people that you admire most. Think about somebody that you admire most. You are made of the same things. Their life has had challenges too. You have a million and one talents and beautiful pieces to, to you in the same way that they do. The only thing that is getting in your way is your own inner saboteur. So what I would like you to do is I want you to notice what comes up for you when you are sabotaging. So is it limiting beliefs that come up? Maybe you weren't even conscious of the fact that you possibly were self-sabotaging. I want you to notice which of those three forms of self-sabotage that I just mentioned, desiring of acceptance, I've been good, I deserve a little extra, or something is always more important. I want you to determine which of those resonate the most with you. And then as you're going throughout your day and you're having to make choices, little choices or decisions throughout the day, I want you to notice if you are making choices, decisions that are aligned with that best version of yourself. And if you're not, ask yourself, am I self-sabotaging in some way? And as you become aware of this and why it is that you're making the decisions that you're making, it's a lot easier to start making alternative decisions that are more aligned with how you truly want to show up. 
Okay, last but not least, number five, the fifth shift that you need to make if you want to end emotional eating and overcome the battle with food and your body is to get support and to surround yourself with a community of people who are doing the same thing, who are doing the work. This stuff is challenging. It is not easy. These beliefs that have been planted, these thought patterns that are there, the structure and environment that we live in as women are not set up for you to succeed at this. And that is why the diet industry is a billion-dollar industry. It is set up so that we fail over and over again, so that we never feel like we are good enough. And when we feel that we're not good enough, we buy products and we make choices that (laughs) feed these industries that literally succeed off of our insecurities. Now, there are a lot of amazing things that come from these industries, a lot of creativity that is born from them. So I'm not saying that they're all bad, but we do have to be aware of when we're using them, you know, for artistic expression, like makeup for artistic expression versus when it is becoming detrimental to our self-esteem. So when there's something that I've been struggling with for a while, I always reach out to somebody who has gotten through whatever it is that I'm trying to get through that has more experience than me because I don't want to waste a lot of time in life trying to figure it out myself. I'm like, show me the expert who knows how to do this and how who knows how to get from point A to point B faster so that I can learn how to do this. And I either take their course or I ask them questions. I mean, I started a podcast so that I could ask people these questions. I reach out to them for a coffee. I send them an email. I try to figure out what it is that they did so that I can repeat the same thing. I want you to think about for a second some of the people that you admire most in your life and ask yourself, do you think these women have teachers or coaches or leaders or mentors or therapists or guides? I can guarantee you that they do. There's a reason that you've been doing what you've been doing for so long. Sometimes we need somebody else who can hold us accountable to our dreams, who can help us get from point A to point B. So if you don't have a friend that you can talk to about this stuff or you don't have a community where you can go to get more support, I am going to encourage you right now to head on over to our free Facebook group. It's called Stepping Into Self-Love. You can just type it into the search box and to join us in there where you can get extra support and work with other women who are all on the same path, who are all working towards having a better relationship with food and their body and themselves as individuals. We'll get you started on the journey over there. I know the beginning of the new year that there are so many people right now who are either feeling full of hope because they're about to start their diet and dive into this like quote unquote new way of living, or there are people who have already started and already feel like they're falling off the wagon. I think the beginning of January is this time of possibility and everyone's feeling super inspired and that 
you know, two or three weeks from now, if you find yourself back in that sort of anxious, overthinking, depressed state, or just not feeling good in your body again, I want you to remember this episode and come back to it, listen to it again, because I am over seeing so many women obsessing over their bodies, letting food run their life, missing out on opportunities. I don't want you to have to go another week, let alone another year, trying to figure out how to accept yourself. Or maybe you're not even trying to accept yourself. Maybe you just don't like yourself. It is not worth it. Life is too short. There's a new way of regaining a relationship with your body, learning to listen to your body, master your mind, discover what nourishes you. What are you really craving? Stop self-sabotaging and then step into your freaking power. Step into your best self. Start living that life that you know that you deserve, that you know that you can create for yourself. It's not rocket science. It just takes a little extra support. It takes a little insight. Sometimes it requires somebody who's got an outside perspective to shine a light on things. I am thrilled to announce that our 12-week signature course, The Shift, will be running three times in 2020. So if you feel like you join in stepping in into self-love and that you need a little bit of extra support, or maybe you're just like, heck, Erin, I am over this. Sign me up right now. What you get in the course is 10 weeks of online coaching through video modules that are released every week. So each week you're going to get content that you can watch on your own time, from your bed, in your office, whatever works for you. They're made so that you can incorporate them into your life. You don't need to stop working or stop school or send the kids off to summer camp in order to do this stuff. I've created bite-sized pieces of information so that you can digest it throughout the week amidst the rest of your life. In fact, I encourage you to keep living as you do because It's life that triggers us and brings up all of this stuff. So we kind of got to work with that. You're also going to get 10 live group coaching calls with me. I am on these calls to coach you. I know everybody in the group's name by the end of this course, which I feel like is really rare. There's so many online courses right now where you sign up and you never actually see the person who's the lead coach. You never actually get to talk to them. I am in it, you guys. I am there with you. You can touch base at any point with people who have gone through this program and they will all tell you. I am following up via email. If you fall off the face of the earth and I don't hear from you for a couple weeks, I'm like, what is going on over there? Get back to us. What can I support you with? You're going to get beautiful worksheets to help you deep dive into all of the tools. And one of the most important things that you get is a supportive community of women who are all like-minded that you can learn from in our private Facebook group. They're on the live calls as well. So sometimes people are asking questions that you didn't even think to ask. Or if you're feeling a little bit shy or quiet at the beginning, you're just trying to figure all this stuff out and you don't want to talk, you get to listen to other people and their experience. And you get to learn so much through that. 
I know a lot of people were a little bit hesitant about the group aspect of a program when they initially signed up. And everyone says it is the best part of the course, aside obviously from the content and things, in regards to what they took from it. People have are planning trips to go see each other. It's amazing the relationships that were formed. I also throw in some live Q&A coaching sessions from special guests like mind-body therapist Michelle Cambolis. We've got Dr. Hillary McBride talking about body image, and we always bring on a dietitian or two so that you can ask your questions related to specific to diet and food. Of course, I also like to throw in extra bonuses. For anybody who signs up in the next two weeks, you'll receive our free self-love meditation package and a bonus call with me before the course even begins. So if you are truly ready to put an end to emotional eating in 2020, I don't care if you sign up for the course, but I want to see you in stepping into self-love. I need to see you there so that we know that we're working towards this. And I want you to go back to your notes from this episode to keep tuning into your body. We went through a lot of different things to remember that this is a practice. It's not going to happen overnight and it's not supposed to. So be gentle with yourself, practice self-compassion, and trust that if you follow these five shifts, if you are able to stop listening to the experts and start listening to your body, if you can master your mind and the thoughts that are passing through it, if you can get clarity and understand what truly nourishes you, if you can stop self-sabotage, and if you work with somebody who can support you and find a community of people who are on the same path, you will find a place where you feel so amazing in your body, where you feel confident in the person that you are, and you find freedom from food. I will post below this a couple of testimonials from people who have done the program. I don't care, again, if you do the program or not, but I just want you to know that this is possible. You do not have to live the way that you're living right now. There is so much more out there for you. I am so excited for 2020 and everything that is going to bring for the incredible women in this community. I cannot wait for the opportunity to get to know you more. If you enjoyed this episode, if you found anything helpful, please take a moment to screenshot it and share it on Instagram tagging at raw beauty talks or simply share the link with a friend or somebody that you love that might benefit from hearing some of these tips and tricks and tools that we talked about today. You sharing this makes it possible for me to continue doing this. I cannot thank you enough for the reviews you've been leaving, the sharing you've been doing. I hope everybody has an amazing start to the year. We will see you again next week. And as always, remember, your body is different than any other body or life out there. So as you've been listening to this episode, notice what resonates and leave anything that doesn't behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, 
pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.